1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. All right, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to this special. You're like, why am I getting a new episode on a Friday? Here's why. Partnered with my boy Mike Casanetta, top 10 chef in America from the Food Network. I've partnered with him and our boys over at Camp Chef to bring you a monthly special called Cook Wild, presented by Camp Chef. So we are going to, the last Friday of each month, sit down and give you a new recipe to try with Wild Game, give you some new inspiration. It doesn't have to be your cut-and-dry spaghetti. It doesn't have to be your cut-and-dry chilies or burgers. You can make some incredible stuff out of Wild Game. So I'm going to sit down with my boy, Chef Mike, and we're going to walk you through a new episode each week give you the full instruction that you can watch that video and make it yourself. Guys, I'm incredibly excited about this series. This is the first of many, and we're going to do an introduction to the series, introduce you to Mike, uh, talk about what you can expect from this series and what I hope that you as a listener will gain from this series. But guys, I hope to stay right there and enjoy this monthly special of Cook Wild. Guys, if you run any kind of supplement for your deer, which you absolutely should, there are things that deer need. And I have found that when I run supplements for my deer, um, it keeps them on my property so they don't go wandering off onto other properties looking for that thing that they're needing. And so I have just dove fully into running minerals and protein for my deer all year long. Buck Bourbon does supplements and attractants really, really well. Whether you're looking for a long-range attractant like the 110 proof um, or whether you're looking for a feed that you can run all year long in a feeder or um, even just on the ground in their barrel proof, Buck Bourbon has what you need. I can tell you story after story of going onto a new 500-acre piece, dumping out some long-range attractant and deer just coming into it. Guys, it will make a difference in the way that you see your deer come in. So, guys, I would highly encourage you to check out Buck Bourbon. You can use code HUNTING101 in all caps to get 15% off. But I would just encourage you, no matter what, to start running some sort of supplement for your deer. It'll have a happier, healthy herd. You'll keep them on your property more, and you can better manage those deer. Guys, go check out Buck Bourbon. All right, Mike. So I wanted to talk about this new monthly special that we're going to be doing. I'm excited about it. Um, I know the guys at Bear are excited about it. Um, so basically what we're going to do is the, f- the last Friday of every month, mm-hmm. we're going to sit down and we're going to do a cooking episode. Um, we're going to call it Cook Wild, and we're going to sit down and basically take you guys through a video. We won't be in this setting. We'll be on the back deck. We'll actually be on the grill and, and cooking and having fun and, and uh, take them through a recipe for Wild Game. Yeah, it'd get a little dangerous in here, but um, we could do it. We we could probably do it somehow. We are. I'm coming to you from a borrowed studio. So if you're watching online, um, you're like, man, where's Dylan at? This is a borrowed studio. I I all my camera gear and all my sound equipment is still in Ogden, Utah, from the Bow Hunters Bash that we did last weekend, um, which turned out super cool. Let me just talk about that for a minute. Which turned out super cool. 
Uh, Bear Archery partnered with Pope and Young and Second Chance Outdoors, and we brought in three veterans um, who had never been introduced to the sport of archery. I literally didn't get a call. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> so we bring in three veterans who had never been introduced to the sport of archery before, and we had coaches who spent the day with them, um, teaching them all things about their bow, about their arrows, about the setup. Um, and then they shot those bows all day long. And they were uh, bare legits. And then at the end of the day, we actually gifted those veterans their bows that they had been shooting all day. And so it was really cool, um, really cool to be a part of. And so um, stay tuned for more information on that because we'll put out some videos and stuff of the veterans learning and shooting. But it was really cool. Um, but I am in a borrowed studio because all of my sound equipment and camera gear is still there. So, um, so Mike, give us an introduction to yourself. Yeah. So why should they listen to you? Don't. I don't know. I don't either. Yeah. Uh, you really don't ever. But, um, yeah, I actually was in the army for a while. And the last year I was in the army, um, I had already spent a little bit of time as a food writer and a travel chef for Traeger Grills. I got to do some SEC football games and some cool stuff like that. Did you ever get to do Arkansas? No. Oh, you didn't make it then? Yeah, they just sent us to the good ones. Oh, so um, I can see that too. Yeah, so it was a lot of fun. And then I got picked up by Food Network. I was named one of the top 10 cooks in America. And then, um, I don't know, things just kind of took off. Things went kind of crazy. So now um, I just get to hang out with you and make wild game stuff food and yeah just whatever that means so it has honestly become unfair because i have these conversations with people and my job takes me and we travel a lot and so I get to eat at some really cool places but everybody's like what's the best steak you've ever had and i'm like mike casanetta and like what's that and i'm like just my boy back some home guy I know like that. what's the best pizza you've ever had i'm like mike casanetta yeah. what's the best chicken sandwich you ever had mike casanetta yeah <laughs> So you've kind of you've kind of screwed me over. I can no longer have restaurant conversations because maybe, maybe you should take me to some of these things where you're doing, um, you know, these uh, veteran events and stuff like that. And I'll just that's keep what cooking. I'm talking about. I'll just keep cooking with you, and uh, it'll be all right. There you go. Um, but guys, I I really am. I'm excited about this monthly special. Uh, my hopes and the reason that we're doing it on the on on a Friday is because my hopes is that we put this out. You watch it. You listen to it. And then you get to spend that weekend trying a new recipe, trying to make it. Um, so Mike is, is we're, we're literally going to sit down on the podcast and you can listen to us talk about the recipe. Um, listen to us. Mike give you full details about how to make it, um, what to do, how to prepare it. And then you can watch the video and, and see it being made and, and hopefully give it a shot. Um, but I am passionate about wild game. I like eating wild game meat. Um, not so much as other people. I don't live off of it uh, because I still like beef. I still like chicken, still like shrimp. Um, so I'm not one of those guys. I'm not like haven't eaten beef in 10 years. No, I, I love beef. Um, but I do love wild game. And so what do you think? What do you think the the biggest? Where do you think people go wrong the most on wild game? Well, I feel with this, I just want to bring like a. A practical approach to it. I want to make it to where, you know, people aren't scared to eat it. You yeah. Know, we want to bring in some, just some easy recipes that people can really tackle uh, different styles of game and, you know, make it easily, make it so it's not dry, make it sure it's not super gamey, things like that to where it's an enjoyable experience. So they will want to eat it again. 
Which that takes me to my number one, you screwed up. Yeah. Is drying it out. Absolutely. Like, people, I don't know, they just get this mindset of, like, it's wild game, I gotta cook it to 190. Mm-hmm. No, you don't. Like, yeah. you everybody's sh- scared of it because, you know, you hear these stories of, you know, it's since it's wild, it could have different bacteria, things like that. It's the opposite. Yeah. But it's also so lean at the same time that it can dry it's, out. it's also easy to overcook. So, yeah. I mean, things like that, you know, you got to look into with, you know, when we're creating these recipes, we'll, we'll look into things like that, you know, maybe incorporating a little bit more fat to it too. Yeah. You know. Now don't get me wrong. I mean, there are things like, don't listen to this and be like, oh, he's obviously never heard of trigonosis. Like me or absolutely or have. Yeah. Like like, yeah. I understand if you're cooking bear or wild hog, like it has to be cooked to cook out the trigonosis, but um, like venison, man, people overcook it. So, like it doesn't have to, you don't have to chew it for an hour and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, People overcook elk and antelope, and I heard it one time said, and it was, if you've ever had bad wild game, it's probably because it was cooked bad, mm-hmm. and that's the truth. Like yeah. for people, now, now don't get me wrong, and, and don't don't listen to this and be like, you're an idiot, because I understand. Like there's wild game I don't like, like, and that's fine. Same way, like people don't like chicken. There are going to be wild games that you eat that you just simply don't like. Uh, like my wife doesn't like deer meat mm-hmm. and that's fine. Like mm-hmm. she likes bears, she likes turkey, she likes pheasant and quail and, and even elk, but just simply the, the flavor profile of deer she doesn't like. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm not ever going to sit down and order lobster. Not that I don't like it. I just like other things a lot better. Um, so she's never going to, to order deer. Like she's never going to say, Hey babe, why don't you make that out of deer? Because she just doesn't like the flavor profile of deer meat. Uh, which is fine. Um, but what I mean to say is that if all wild game you've ever had, if you're like, I just, I just can't get over it's wild. You've probably not had it cooked. Well, that's probably the case. And that's just the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have partnered with camp chef to make this series possible, uh, which I'm excited about. I've used the camp chef smoker for a long time. Um, what, when it comes to wild game, wh- what, what, role does smoke play like does it should they be incorporating more or less how does it help where does it take away well traditionally the cool thing is i mean it's always been um a role you know what i mean since the beginning of time i mean they've used it to do things like preserving meats you know what i mean so um i mean since the beginning of time it's been integral you know what i mean yeah. it's, it's something we've always needed but um now i mean obviously depending on what you're doing but that's kind of what I'm trying to do. You know, I feel like anytime you see any kind of like game recipes, it's like, okay, we're going to make some sort of burger. We're going to grill it. We're going to smoke it. You know, I want to show that, you know, there are a lot of things you can do with it. You know, why not, you know, let's make some pizzas or something like that. You yeah. Know? So like, let's do some different things with it than your, your norms. You know what I mean? Like, let's get creative and have some fun with it. Let's make some ceviche, you know, tostadas or something Oh my like gosh. That. Yeah, if you haven't had the ceviche. Changed my know. life forever. Yeah. Uh, I'm going crappie fishing on Friday, by the way. Okay, we'll do that. Uh, just tonight. so just so everybody knows what we're talking about here. I know this is hunting, uh, bow hunting podcast, but um, ceviche, what is that? Just so people have an idea. So ceviche is basically cooking uh, like seafood fish um, without actually cooking it. You're using um, citrus, like, you know, lime um, to essentially cook it um, without using heat. So the acidity will cook the fish for you. And it's stupid good. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's so good. Like, I, And I'm not a big fish guy. I don't like fish a lot. But when, when I, I went crappie fishing not too long ago, and that is one fish I do 
enjoy consuming. And Mike said, why don't we make ceviche? I'm like, what is that? And he said, you use lime juice to cook it. And I'm like, bro, I don't eat, I don't eat sushi. And he's like, no, it's cooked. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's lime juice. But, uh, and he makes it and I'm just like, golly, it's, and it, it's super easy. Yeah. Like you don't have to do anything essentially. You literally just put fish in juice. Um, it, I, I know there's a there's lot a more little to, bit it, to but, it, but you know, it's, but yeah. it's something that like anybody can do. Like yeah. if you've caught crappie or perch or whatever kind of fish you want to use, anybody can do that at home. Yeah. And it's something that's completely different. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have to be the Southern, we're going to deep fry this mug yep. and eat it with hush puppies. Like yeah. it doesn't have to be that every time there are mm-hmm. different things you can do. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that for me, that's what I want to bring to the table with this series more than anything is showing people that there's more than ju- just deer chili. Yep. Like there's more than just jerky. There's Absolutely. more than just steaks and burgers and the things that you've always made. Yeah. If you're watching this and you're immediately thinking, what kind of chili are they making? Like you're, you're, you're already wrong. in the wrong concept yeah. of what, what we're going to do here. So. so, so let's just, let's give an example. And the best example I know how is the smokehouse, the smokestack, whatever you call uh-huh. it. Yeah. Um, that was a, a crazy good example where, Everybody I've told this this about this series, and I give them that as an example. They're like, "Oh crap!" Like I would love to try to make that. Mm-hmm. So we went on a deer hunt. Mm-hmm. Mike's first hunt ever. Oh wow! Yeah. It was fun. Um, hunting one on one. Pro tip: Don't take hot chocolate hunting with you. I mean, it was- or smoked bologna sandwiches. Um, they were good though. They were really good. But when you have a deer at Point two yards. Arms length, yeah. Um, they smell it. So um we went on a deer hunt, we killed a doe, the smokehouse. Yeah. What was it? So I made this um smoked meatloaf and it was beautiful. And then uh nice, tender, delicious, flavorful. Uh we topped it with some mashed potatoes, crispy onion straws, and barbecue sauce and uh brioche bun. It was fantastic. And it was one of those things where I would have never dreamed about making this with, well, I would have never dreamed about it, period. Like, that's not the type of thing I'm sitting around going, I'm going to make a smoked meatloaf sandwich, um, much less out of venison. Mm-hmm. But then we make it, and I'm like, dude, I've got however many pounds of deer meat in the freezer. I can make this yeah, every week. And I feel like you don't even realize that it's, it's deer. You know what I mean? When you're eating. We actually had an incredibly yuppie boss at the time oh yeah um who thinks wild game is of the devil yeah i won't eat that and she consumed I'll the whole sandwich yeah and then i said hey how'd you like that deer meat and she's like that wasn't you're lying mm-hmm. and i'm like no i'm not and she still didn't believe me and i'm no. like you just ate venison she's she like, had no idea no i didn't and i'm like yes you did um and then she this is how can i say dumb she'll never listen to this she's dumb um and if you know who I'm talking about, don't send her this episode. Ever. Um, she's dumb. The, so dumb that the fact that we brought her bear meat and we, she thought it was chicken. I'm like, that's red meat. Like, how do you think it's chicken? Red chicken. But she ate the bear. And then I'm like, how'd you like that bear? And she's like, that wasn't bear meat. I'm like, girl, you consume wild game all the time and you don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Loves it. Loves it. Um, but the, 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 the smokehouse, that's a perfect example of like, you can be creative with wild game. Like it doesn't have to be the cut and dry. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're trying to bring to the table here. We're trying to bring you different ideas to where wild game doesn't become 
monotonous. It doesn't have to be, man, I'm really tired of deer chili or, or spaghetti or, you know, whatever it might be. And I think the problem, I think the reason that has become the normal is because people don't know how to cook it. Mm-hmm. So they just throw it in something that they can cover it up with. Yep. But that doesn't have to be the case. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you can accent with, you know, I mean, really any, any style of cooking, you know, I, I've always heard, hey, use a good wine, use, um, you know, some good herbs and things like that. And I feel like you can do the same thing with, you know, just some, some good meat that you're, you're harvesting yourself. So, um, that's, that's my plan. You know, let's have some fun with it. Let's make some, some cool recipes and, um, let's just accent the meat. What is, what's your one tip? Like if you were to say, buy this or do this, I've got one in mind. Thought about it this morning. And it will help just any recipe you want to make. What would that be? I think using good herbs, um, knowing your herbs, you know what I mean? It it helps to have um, a a nice pantry. You know what I mean? If you have nice seasonings, good herbs, and know what they taste like and how to use them, I mean, that makes all the difference. If you're consistently using just seasoned salt or salt and pepper, you know what I mean? Branch out and, and use some different things because, I mean, there's a whole world of different spices out there and that don't compete change. against the natural flavor of yeah. the of the meat i agree you lean know, into it yeah if you know what things taste like you know what i mean and you can figure out what other these other spices and herbs taste like you know what i mean that's that's the best way to to accent what you're eating because you know yeah it's for it's, sure yeah um and the and the reason i say know what it tastes like and don't compete is because a deer that I kill in Kansas is going to taste completely different than a deer I kill in Arkansas. They're eating different stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, bear meat in particular can taste wildly different. Like when you kill a bear in the fall in Maine, it's going to taste worlds apart from a bear you kill in the spring in Idaho. Like completely different. Um, and you have to know those things. Like if you kill a bear in the fall that's fat on blueberries, lean into it and do some sort of blueberry compote or something compote or something because yeah. it will bring out that blueberry flavor and the sweetness of that meat like that crazy amazing. yeah um so now i gotta go on a spring on a fall bear hunt and get them on their fat on berries um but it will bring that out and and it's almost incredible how much difference that makes when you lean into the flavor profile whereas if you tried to do that with a spring bear it's not going to be good because you're going to be fighting the flavors of what they were eating in spring. Okay. Um, and so that's just, that's my biggest tip is lean into the flavor profile of that animal. Um, you know, you hear it all the time of like, Oh, that, that's that they lived in the brush. It tastes so much like sage lean into that. Mm -hmm. Like don't, don't fight the sage flavor of the antelope or whatever it is, mule deer, whatever it might be. Lean into the sage profile of that animal. Turn it into a pasta dish with butter and mushrooms and and things Bingo. like that. And I mean, you're you're set at that point. You yeah, know what I mean, so and that's that's the biggest like that's the biggest complaint you hear is like, oh, it's super sagey because it, uh, lean into that. Like, mm-hmm. quit trying to fight it and make you know. Don't try to make the stuff you've always made out of wild game with it. Mm-hmm. Do something different that's going to bring out the the flavors that it has. Yeah. Um, one thing I would say that's kind of changed my wild game mind not just my wild game everything i eat jalapeno jelly i put that crap on everything dude okay you're one of those guys who's just just coat everything like pouring it in your cereal and everything yeah oh yeah dude cheerios and jelly yeah i'm talking about all right no but i'll tell you i was on a hunt and the outfitter was like making elk burgers tonight and i'm like that sounds good 
I love elk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he brings his elk burgers out, and then he brings some homemade jalapeno jelly. And he's like, spoon that on, spread it over the burger first. And I'm like, all right, I'll try anything once. Now you're like, spread it all over my body. This is, <laughs> this is delicious. And I did it, and I'm like, crap. Like, it was just so good. Uh-huh. Um, and so anytime I'm making, like, wild game burgers or anything like that, it just it brings it to another level. Mm-hmm. And it's something that, like, you can trick people into thinking you made something really fancy mm-hmm. by literally buying a, a jar of jalapeno jelly and putting some on there. Mm-hmm. And it, it just changes the whole burger or the whole, you know, whatever else you might put it on. But um, it just changes the whole – that whole idea of, like, man, this is a dry – piece of wild game meat and they bite into it and there's some pink in the middle mm-hmm. and then they get some some jelly on top and like this is good yeah um but one thing that that you um when we first started this um weird relationship that we've got when we first started this relationship you were like dude quit trying to don't go crazy though like salt pepper garlic it's mm-hmm. all you need now, I know we're getting contradictory to the whole what you just said about spices and seasonings, but I think for guys that can't cook and they do try to, like, throw all this crazy stuff in there, there's a reason you're like, oh, I just, I don't know, it's just not great. Yeah. Because you tried to way overdo it. And there, there, there is a difference, too. You know, there are some people who they want to, you know, if, if maybe you are a supporting spouse or a friend who like, man, I do not like deer. You're going to have to doctor this up. You're going to have to change it for me to eat it. But there are some people that are like, man, I just want to eat this. I, you know, I want it to taste like deer. I just want it to taste a little bit better. Salt, pepper, garlic, you know, those are, those are the mains. You don't have to do anything super special. You can just accent the flavor of, you know, basically anything that you've harvested you know what i mean so the best thing you can do i mean just give it a little bit of help and that's all you need but when you make your like your and when i mean world-class steaks i mean world-class steaks Mm -hmm. um like competing at the world food championship level steaks Mm -hmm. when you make that you don't overcomplicate it like Mm -hmm. you use salt pepper garlic Mm -hmm. um walk me through to make the best venison steak possible I mean, like they're about to make a steak and want to slap their mama. Mm-hmm. How how should they do that? Instead of just throwing it on the grill real hot and getting it, you know, being a being a venison steak, that's one of the things. Like I said, you're going to want to incorporate a little bit of fat to it. You know, being being such a, a lean cut. So for me, I'm probably going to opt for like cast iron. I'm going to start with, um, like I said, even if you just want to opt for salt, pepper, garlic, just using things like that, and then uh, cast iron some nice heat, some oil, and then a real nice sear on it. So you want it pretty hot. Um, Get a nice sear on one side, you know, let it sit for a little bit, flip it over. And then that's when you're going to add like your butter, your garlic, uh, things like that. Kick your heat down though at that point. So that's when you're just kind of letting that butter, you know, render through the meat. Um, That's going to help prevent it from getting super dry, things like that. And then at that point, what I would like to do is set it on a plate with all that butter and garlic and just kind of let it just sit there in the juices for a little bit. So as it's kind of resting, it's just sitting there in that butter to uh, kind of just help soak in all that, that goodness. And, and it's perfect. Like mm-hmm. I remember somebody coming over. Um, what was, I think it was, I think it was the Ledbetter boys. And uh, they're like on their way to my house. And I'm like, oh, I just made some steaks. You want, just come by. And I made them just like that. Because you had walked me through it, you know, 
Pryor, and I made them just like that. And every single one of those live off wild game. Like, I don't think Gabe has bought meat in years. And uh, every single one, I'm like, dude, that's the best venison steak I've ever had. And I'm like, yeah, salt, pepper, garlic, butter, and a cast iron. Don't overdo it. Nice and easy, yeah. Don't let it dry out. Like, And, and they cut into it, and it was red in the middle. I mean, just and, – and it was phenomenal. And I'm like, you guys, you don't have to – and and they know these things. I mean, they're good cooks, but um, – especially Gabe. But I'm like, dude, you don't have to overdo it. You're like, you don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but one of my favorite recipes, and again, like we have – this. it's not going to be deer every time. Like, let me just say that. Like, one month we might do fish. One month we might do bear or mule deer or elk or – hogs or something i mean we're going to change it up we're not going to give it the same thing every time um but deer for me that's 90 percent of what i kill so it's 90 percent of what i eat um one of my favorite things is take the whole back strap i mean cut that mug out the whole back strap um slice it down the middle butterfly it open stuff that thing full of pineapple and apple or whatever you want in it Tie it back up and throw it on the grill like that. Mm-hmm. And then you slice through that that uh, back strap and, oh, my gosh. That sounds great. It's super good. Um, but, guys, I hope, again, this is a special each month, so you'll still get new episodes every Wednesday morning. Uh, but on the last Friday of each month, uh, I hope that you'll tune in and just kind of listen to these things. Um, watch them. Learn from them. Learn different ideas. Learn new takes on wild game. Learn new ways to cook it. Um, we want to just give you new ways to cook wild game. Um, reason being, and one of the reasons that that I'm so passionate about this, if you listen to a, an episode, I want to say recent, but I guess it was a few months ago now, uh, with Peter Churchborn from the NRA, um, who wrote the book How to Talk About Hunting. Um, ninety percent of non-hunters. When given the full process, when when seeing the full field-to-table process, are more open to hunting than if they don't see the full process. So in other words, if I just show them a photo of a deer I killed, they're much more open to talking about hunting and the idea of hunting, whereas if I show them the full process. So I hope that this will be a way that you can also introduce people to hunting uh, I hope this is a way you can make this crazy cool dish, something that, that you know, people aren't going to think, oh, that's something you killed. Um, but it's going to look nice. It's going to smell nice. It's going to, you know, be appetizing. And then you get to walk them through the full process. You get to take them downstairs and say, we see that deer on the wall. That's the deer that I killed that we just ate. And you get to show them this full process. And you can change somebody's entire mindset about hunting if you'll show them the full process. Um. So I hope that's, that, that this is a tool for you as well, not just something that, that you get to eat and it's cool. But guys, watch these on Fridays. Cook them on Saturday and invite friends and family over to enjoy the wild game that, you, that you've harvested. And show them the process. Show them, hey, this is the deer that, that my daughter killed. And, and now, you know, she got – this is the first deer she ever killed and, and we butchered it. And now we're having the smokehouse or now we're having – um pizzas and now we're having um that's it's just it's the best way that you can change people's minds about hunting absolutely um but i man and when we say like try new stuff like mike talked about pizzas i had some some elk pepperoni Mm -hmm. and i made uh 
some pizza on the Camp Chef uh, pizza grill, and it was just incredible. Like, I had people at my house who had never had elk before, um, and I had people at my house who had never had wild game, period, and they were like, this is why you hunt. Like, now I know. And I'm like, this is exactly why I hunt. You're right. Um, so I hope you'll be able to try new stuff. Um, Mike, tell us about the first time you ever went hunting. Cause this is a banger of a story, dude. It was very wild. So, um, my buddy Dylan here, he decides to come pick me up. And by this time I, um, had smoked some meatloaf. Oh my gosh. And it was ridiculous. It was very Not good. Not meatloaf, bologna. Or, I keep saying meatloaf. Every time I tell the story, I say meatloaf, but it was bologna. And um, it was very good. Smoked bologna is like a redneck's, like, calamari. Yeah. And and if I remember right, we're just kind of going out to set up this, uh like, ground blind mm-hmm. at the at this point. When he says ground blind, um, I didn't have a ground blind when I set this, when I when I made this set. I It was a couple of, uh, an hour from home, and I didn't have a ground blind. So I'm like, well, let's just brush in a blind. All natural. And we'll sit behind these sticks and trees and. Yeah. And. I knew, like when I set it up, I knew, man, there's a possibility that they come right beside this thing. Yeah. Like there's a possibility that. So, yeah, we, we are up from like this little, uh, like depression, right? So yeah. they, they would have to like the walk river up bottom, this, this depression, right? So we're up here. So I'm like, you know what? It's probably going to be a little chilly and everything. I better have some hot cocoa with me, like yeah. in this thermos, right? So, you know, I bring some hot cocoa with me, obviously, you know, like why wouldn't you? It was your that? nickname in high school too. Yeah. So anyway, um, <laughs> I'm sitting here. I've got camera duty. You know what I mean? So I've got the camera ready. I'm just kind of hanging out. And uh, Dylan's over here on his phone, like crushing candy or something. And uh, I keep hearing noises, you know, and I, I would say something to him. And he's like, oh, I think it's squirrels. I think it's squirrels. You know, because we're just hearing stuff. And um, so finally, I, I keep hearing it. And it's like louder and louder. I'm like, dude, there is something near us. So anyways, um, I look over and I can see like the, the head of this deer just come walking up right next to us, you know, from this depression, like this trail right next to us. And I'm freaking out. When he out. means right next to us. I mean, I could have touched it. it. I literally could have like just reached out and like slapped it right in the face. So anyways. You should have. Yeah. So I'm like, Dylan, Dylan, I'm like getting his attention, you know. So he quickly like gets his bow and he's like slowly bringing it up. And I'm like getting the camera up and ready. And this thing's like right here in front of me. And the craziest thing is, you know, like should have just stabbed him. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I'm not a hunter. Um, you know, I've seen deer like on the road, or you know, not even super close, or on TV or whatever. I've never been like eye to eye with them, you know, right in my face, and it's creepy to see how <laughs> big they are. You know what I mean? Like even like right here to see this one, um, they're huge. So, uh, you know, my first time like being that close to one, your first time ever being with one in the wild was at, you know, three feet. Yeah. And that was insane. Like I said, I could have just punched this one in the eyeball. And, uh, so eventually I think it smelled my hot cocoa and like jumped real high in the air and just like <laughs> ask you for some. Yeah. It just took off. And I mean, I would have shared, but it just got spooked and. It it was freezing cold that night too. Yeah, it was cold. Like it was the kind of cold where you walk out and your chest hurts, like yeah. from breathing in cold air. Um, which is why you bring hot cocoa. Which too. is exactly why you bring hot cocoa. I myself chose the bologna route and ate nineteen smoked bologna sandwiches. Yeah, um, which kept me warm. Yeah, <laughs> the layer of fat. The layer of bologna your around body. my body. Yeah, guys, I'm an arrow junkie. I love arrows. 
And I have found a fondness for deer crossing archery. Everybody makes a good arrow. I'm not saying that anybody out there makes a bad arrow. But what really sets deer crossing archery apart is when I call them, I'm going to get, A, the owner on the phone. I'm going to get the guy that's building my arrows on the phone. And they're going to walk me through a complete custom build. They're not shipping me a box of arrows that they ship out to everybody. I'm going to pick my knot colors, my fletching colors, my wrap colors, the fletching configuration I want on the arrows. Not only that, I'm going to walk him through my setup. I'm going to walk him through what I'm looking to get out of this setup. I'm going to tell him total arrow length I want to be hitting, total arrow weight I want to be hitting, total uh, insert, outsert weight I want to be hitting, FOC. And he's going to custom build a set of arrows and send them to me. My arrows aren't going to be best for you. Your arrows aren't going to be best for me. We need custom arrows. Deer Crossing Archery builds those arrows custom for you, and they always perform. Their silencer shaft is my favorite arrow on planet Earth. I've shot 40-plus animals with that arrow. It always performs. It always blows through the animal. I always get great penetration. It's a micro-diameter shaft. They do have a full line of shafts. Uh, the new Rupture Arrow is a phenomenal arrow. I shot a deer with it this year in Missouri. I love their arrows. Guys, I would highly encourage you to check out Deer Crossing Archery because you don't have to go to a box store and buy a set of arrows that are just made from the factory. You can get arrows custom made for you that are going to work best for you and your setup. Guys, use code HUNTING101 to get a discount at Deer Crossing Archery. I would highly encourage you to check them out. They are phenomenal. But guys, I, I just hope, and again, we I just wanted to come to you and give you an introduction to this, ep, to this, to this special each month. Um, introduce you to Mike, literally one of America's top 10 chefs, um, definitely one of Sumner County's top 10 chefs, um, definitely one of Wellington, Kansas's top 10 chefs. Um, and just introduce you to Mike and, and let you um, hopefully build some excitement about this. Um, another reason I'm excited about this is you don't have to be a bear shooter to enjoy these episodes. Uh, if you shoot any bow in the world, this is an episode that you should listen to every single Friday or, or every single last Friday of each month and hopefully get some ideas. Um, because we're going to be bringing you some incredibly fun stuff. Um, again, we're excited to partner with Camp Chef to make it possible. Um, Camp Chef, man, I do a lot of camping. And I do a lot of um, cooking in the back of my truck, and Camp Chef makes that a whole lot better. Um, I actually have a full propane oven that I take with me in the back of my truck. That sounds amazing. Yeah. Chrissy's, like, making, like, rolls and, and you know. I may need to borrow that thing sometime. Anytime. Anytime. I'm going uh, – we're, we're headed out um, hopefully next week to go to uh, New Mexico to climb some mountains and camp and – and have a good time. And that was like the first thing I went up to my attic to grab was my oven. Um, cause it's got a skillet on top, you know, burners on top so you can cook stuff on top, but then you got an oven to, to bake a pie into if you want a pie. That sounds crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. Hmm. But guys, check out Camp Chef. Uh, we're, we're excited to partner with those guys to help make this possible. Um, and, and again, this is not going to be the setting you see each month. Uh, our hope is that we're sitting on the back deck and, you know, having a bubbly or a coffee and, and hanging out, talking, cooking. Um, maybe by the pool. Maybe by the pool. Maybe in my flip, flippy floppies in my swim trunks. Um, but that's our hopes is that this will be uh, that fun laid back episode where you can watch and, and, and see stuff being made and get some inspiration from it. Let's do it. So, guys, we're excited about it. Again, 
last Friday of each month. Tune in right here um, for your monthly special of Cook Wild. Thanks for watching. You guys have a great week.